Uh, they said it was Swifty Sunday. <laughs> you know, there was actually a bet where, well, they showed Taylor Swift eating a hot dog at the Super Bowl. And I was like, well, Travis Kelsey's on the field. It's going to be kind of hard. Um, <laughs> oh, But apparently she traveled from Tokyo the night before to make it on time. To Vegas, you know, and uh, that was a gamble. Um, <laughs> but you know, there's a lot of interesting facts about Vegas. You know, did you know that prostitution is actually not really legal in Vegas, even though it's legal-ish? Um, I don't know the technical terms, but yeah. Viva Las Chiefs win. So yeah, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. That is your sports update of the year. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I was watching the... Obviously, you look, I was watching the game. Uh, the commercials were pretty subpar. I'm not going to lie to you. And look, my standards have lowered so much for Super Bowl commercials. Even though if I were these companies paying, I don't know... 10 million dollars for a 30 second commercial i feel like i would put a little bit more effort than just uh hey we're just all gonna be in this dunkin donuts commercial pretending it's a commercial within a commercial in front of j-lo i feel like you could have done better and really like you had a whole 20 30 second time slot dunkin donuts and your grand idea for some grand mass promotion is putting cold foam on iced coffee when you already have cold foam and putting munchkins onto a skewer and paying essentially an extra 20 cents for a plastic extendo dentist equipment to go down your throat. I don't know who's in charge of these promotion companies, but they don't know a damn thing about advertising. And um, it just kind of seems like it's beyond lazy. It's partially insulting. Um, you know, you know, it's not insulting is a uh, does your halftime show. I didn't honestly watch much of it. Because, you know, I honestly don't really enjoy these halftime shows because, no, you know what bothers me? I can't stand listening to an artist play songs that they never even halfway finish the song. It's 15 minutes of, like, quarterly songs. And it's basically the Justin Timberlake Usher, which, you know, the beauty, like, you got to have enough hits to even have 15 minutes to play quarter songs because, you know... Some people don't even have 15 minutes of music that people, you know, would gyrate to. Um, but it's just, I I really didn't, like, it was good. Um, I didn't get the whole rollerblading thing. I, I just felt like the the coolness, the, the reward wasn't worth the risk. It seemed like all the dancers were... Just trying not to slip and fall when they were doing their dances. It was all like quarter speed. Which, by the way, if you listen to this podcast on one and a half speed, 
I sound like Ben Shapiro, and it's actually tolerable, believe it or not. But yeah, uh, it was a good time, you know. I enjoyed Super Bowl Sunday. The game was pretty boring until like halfway through the third quarter when, you know, uh, the Niners just decided like, yeah, you know, we'll find a way to fuck this up. And you know what? Here's for inside football. Um, we need to stop trying to elevate teams before they actually have proven that they're worth the elevation. Uh, it really is just bar- like what bothers me about the 49ers and kind of this Kyle Shanahan type of thing is it feels like we are trying to promote teams and promote coaches to be the best in the game, are you putting them in this succession plan when they haven't even won anything meaningful per se? And it's like it's like when they want someone to win so bad and they want to elevate people in positions before they've actually, you know, have the hardware or they have the accolades to prove in that. It's they want Shanahan and the Niners to be the team in the NFL because of the rich history and all that stuff. But as loaded as their team is, they just can't seem to win in the biggest games. So, um, but yeah, all in all, you know, maybe uh, George Kittle needs to show uh, Travis Kelsey some bad blood. Um <laughs> But, you know, wouldn't want her to get a bad reputation. (laughs) Because apparently Taylor Swift is dropping an album. And Beyonce is alluding to dropping an album. And, you know, there's these theories about Beyonce is actually, anytime she's in public with Jay-Z, she's actually just drugged out of her mind. And based off what they kind of showed in the sweep, I don't know. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I spice, you know. I spice being in the suite with Taylor Swift. It was pretty random. Um, And it just felt like every time the slightest thing happened, everyone in that suite knew they were going to be on TV, and they reacted as they were being recorded on TV. And it felt like every time they turned to the Taylor Swift suite, it was like there was always one or two different people. It was like people were paying to be cycled into the shot. You know, um, but yeah, uh, but you know, good PR stands for pussy revolver because <laughs> I feel like hers has been through a couple revolvers, um, because <laughs> uh, the whole world revolves around her, and apparently, she has made revenue wise, like profit. I think over like it's some crazy like six hundred plus million dollars on this tour. That's revenue. That's profit, not like pure gross sales, you know. Um but yeah. Alright. But you know what's not gross? The sponsor today, Magic Mind. Yep. That's right. I have the product. I've had the product, but you know what? Apparently, there's some people that don't believe that I actually consume this drink. Um, Would I have the energy I have? Would I have this charisma I have without 
the mental clarity or focus of Magic Mind? No. And you know what? I could tell you all the great benefits. I could tell you how great of a product Magic Mind is. But you know what? Typically, we got to see to believe. And boy, I want you to see me consume the greatest productivity shot in the world. It's subtly sweet. It boosts energy and focus. It crushes procrastination, you lazy fucks. And it elevates mental clarity. Watch. Yeah. That's some of the best stuff in the fucking world. Seriously, you see? Tastes great. It tastes very passiony, you know? Fuck Drake's passion fruit. You can taste this from miles away. <laughs> uh, oh, you can also see this dick from miles away, too, apparently. Um, <laughs> sorry, Magic Mon. I don't mean to put Drake's dick in your ad read or promo, but hey. Uh, there's no such thing as bad publicity. But yeah, guys, Magic Mind. It's the greatest nootropic drink out there. It's the greatest productivity. I mean, look, just consuming that shot, I'm already starting to feel fucking amazing. Alright, guys, but you guys know the deal. Alright, so below my episode description, I'm going to have the Magic Mind link there. The link will show www.magicmind.com slash offenbeatw. Because, you know, <laughs> I keep it a W with you. No bush around this area. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, click the link below the episode description, magicmind.com slash offenbeatw. And when you use my code offenbeat20, O-F-F-N-B-E-A-T-20, you will get up to 56% off your subscription for the next 10 days with my code. Or my code will be valid forever as a 20% off both one-time purchase and a subscription. So guys, when you click the link below Magic Mind, use my code OFFENBEAT20. O-F-F-N-B-E-A-T-20. And look, I drank a Magic Mind earlier today before I went to the gym. And I had one of the greatest focus clarity pumps I've ever had. And that is no cap. You know, I was squatting the world, squatting the weight of a few girls out there. But most importantly, rocking your world. Uh, So guys, you see, magic mind. Here's what it looks like. If you order a five pack, they'll be around $29.95. But if you use my code, it'll be a lot cheaper. Here's the bag it looks in. It's a cool bag, all right? It contains matcha. It's a nootropic that contains lion mane mushrooms, cordyceps, cloline, and phosphatidylserine. All you gotta know, some fat in it, P H A T. So, you know that's always good for you. Um, <laughs> And it boosts blood flow to the fatty. And cognition. Because, you know, you got to really be active in what you're thinking when you're, you know, busting a fatty. Um. <laughs> Alright, guys. But, yeah. Take alongside or in place of your coffee or tea. Or get the most out of your ritual. Um, sh- direction number two. Shake. Breathe. Drink. I mean, I hope you're breathing anyways, you know. But hey, you know, I guess we got to clarify. And 
If you consume it on a regular basis, the benefits will be mind-blowing. Guys, go support the show. Go try this amazing product, Magic Mind. It is the real deal. I'm not even kidding. And it tastes really good. Alright? So yeah, guys. Support the show. Links below episode description. And without further ado, back to the show. And since it's unedited podcast, snap, crackle, pop. Here's the intro. Alright, guys. Welcome to episode 263 of the Off and Be Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell, most important ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Don't forget to suck some titties. Ooh, whoa, my voice went, ooh, kind of awry there, you know. <laughs> Don't forget to suck some titties. Yeah, that's more like it. The higher the note. The higher the booty floats. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, I'm just a horny goat weed. <laughs> Never understood that horny goat weed stuff, you know. It's like, you got, like, you know, sometimes we just, whoever's in charge of creating names for stuff, you know, you can create any name in the fucking world and you chose horny goat weed, you know. But yeah. Uh, recording this on February 12th, 2024 at 11.03 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. Uh, you know, Super Bowl Sunday is one of those things. It's a great eventful day. And then at the same time, right after you realize, damn, that's it. No more meaningful betting this year. Um, <laughs> But no, it's it's genuinely like this weird, not depressing is this weird like realization like oh that's actually it, that's the end of football season, and it's like oh, so I've the thing that football has created it has created this consistency in life, where it's like Sundays, I guess even Mondays to an extent, but really Sundays has just become like. Even if you're just a casual football fan, even if it's just like, hey, Sunday's like when this not football season is the most depressing day of the week. It's amazing how one sport can make a single day in the week, night and day. When it's football season, Sunday is the best day of the week. When it's not football season, it is just the absolute people are just trying not to kill themselves off the gloomy Sunday, you know, any given Sunday. Someone might slit the wrist, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, football has football really has curated America. Like honestly, could you imagine this world without football? Could you imagine what America is without American football? I don't know why I say American football like it's American cheese, but you know, it really you know American football is like American cheese. Is it real? Like, it's real what's happening. You know, you connect, we connect American cheese to American football. And then, you know, soccer, quote-unquote, football. That's like when you get that overcharged Swiss cheese. You know, that's when you get that Munster cheese. Like, I don't know why someone would name a cheese after a fucking Frankenstein character. But, you know what? I guess they both get green when they mold. Um... <laughs> 
<laughs> Put a rib in my throat. <laughs> oh, baby back riblet. All right. But um <laughs> it's a uh, it just really doesn't uh I really couldn't imagine this life without football. It's motivating. Sports is motivating. If you ever like watch an NBA game while you're running on a treadmill, that if that shit doesn't motivate you, I don't know what will, you know. But, you know, I don't know. But yeah, it's just kind of this weird realization, you know. It's almost like a long-distance relationship where, you know, like, oh, you meet up with someone, you know, they're in the country for a month, but then they have to go back or their visa or they're going to get arrested, you know, whatever. And like, damn, I'm not going to see you for the next four months. And you have to accept the fact that you're not going to be able to see this special person for the next four months. And look, you can fill in the time with some bullshit, spring football, some USFL, some arena football, but it's not the same. You know, college football is kind of, but they kind of start around the same time. So it's like when that special person goes back to Columbia, you know, you can settle for some local gals, but it's not the same. It's not that one special gal. The NFL is that one special gal. Because look, there's always going to be these bullshit flag football, these spring football, this arena football, the UFL. But, you know, you're settling, you know. It's not, it doesn't bring that same feeling. Like, you're not going to put money on it, you know. Um, <laughs> now, here's what. If you start betting on some USFL football, honestly, like, you need to have an intervention with your gambling. It's like, but I just started gambling last week. It's like, yeah, if you're betting on USFL, you got a problem, all right. But God, man, I want to go to Vegas. I want to go to Vegas and watch, you know, the uh, guy get his arm bit off by that tiger or get eaten alive. It's like, what, like, what the fuck did that guy think was going to happen? I forgot the name of those when they do those lion residency shows with that white tiger show with the two guys. I think one was gay. One was not as gay. Um... <laughs> Really, that would be cool having like a residency where you just put on a show in Vegas. You know, they have music residencies. Like I think Lady Gaga had a residency for a while. Mariah Carey has Drake has a residency. And um, well, he got a couple residencies now, you know. Um <laughs> Then you know they have these magic residencies like David Blaine or Chris Angel and shit like that. I think David Copperfield. And then they had these weird adventurous circus tiger shows. Like, you know, this white tiger is facing a crowd of 2,000 people, cheering, cheering him on, not knowing why he's getting cheered on. He's being trapped on a stage in a cage. He's just kind of like, well, fuck this shit. So, of course, he's going to lose his shit and just eat this guy alive, you know? Um... I don't know, but I, you know, they say, uh, it's different gambling 
outside of Vegas compared to when you're actually in Vegas. It's a whole different energy and vibe. I think there's a study that say when people when people gamble outside of Vegas compared to in Vegas, people the same people will gamble 18% more. No, no, it's 18 times more, which is probably like 180% more than they would just gambling anything else, right? Vegas is such an inviting thing. And apparently you get unlimited drinks while gambling. Which I don't believe that, you know. I don't think it's unlimited. But, I don't know, you know. Yeah. So. What do you call a ratchet woman on the strip. You call her strip steak. Um, Because <laughs> uh, sometimes it may look like one. Um, <laughs> you know you know what is weird though? Um, so as you guys know. There's that channel. The Soft White Underbelly. And. There's a period of time where actually. I was getting real into it. Like I was watching. A good amount of interviews he does and all this stuff. It's fascinating. He talks to real people with real, like, crazy life vulnerability that people expose themselves from fetishization to pimps to prostitutes to uh, people who are former uh, convicts, people that are former child... Like, you know, it's a pretty, like, revealing portrait of real life you know there's something to it but there's one recently where he did a interview with two prostitutes right so okay nothing new he said both of these girls were legitimately 18 they just turned like 18 not too long ago they were doing it a year plus more so they were actually starting at underage and to see how they were dressed. And it's almost like there's this fine line between promoting vulnerability, real life. And there is something to like, you're kind of promoting, in a sense, potential of getting the wrong idea for what should be promoted. And these two, it was almost uncomfortable to watch because... You're hearing two young girls talk about, so casually, about the life of it, you know. And the way they were dressed, like, I was surprised they could even show it. Like, because the one girl, like, you could legitimately see her nipple through it. And it felt uncomfortable, just kind of, uh. She was basically almost wearing nothing on the lower half. And they said the location that they do their work. And that's the kind of thing it's like. They don't even feel fear of exposing their location where they work. Because they're kind of using this soft white underbelly. They're using this big audience to promote what they do where they do it. So that was kind of weird. That was like the first time I watched something. And I was like, oh. This is actually kind of. For the first time I felt uncomfortable. I'm very like I can see a lot. I can 
I understand like real life can be very uncomfortable. But there's something about where it's like that this one seems like because of how naive they are and how they basically like they have a boss, but we know what that means. They have a motherfucking PIMP. Um <laughs> but they would never call him that. They're like, oh no, they take care of us. It's like, okay, but with all the money you make, oh no, well, the money goes to them, but they buy us anything we want, anything we need. It's like, yeah, but they're also taking a good bit of that money too. It's like, oh yeah, you know, you want to get this? Sure. It's like, you you have no, like the girl said she had no bank account because Navy Federal <laughs> shut down her bank account, but she was getting suspect money from somewhere. It's like, yeah, um, and is it? There was something about why I think their name was uh, shit. I already forgot the fucking names of it. Um, their names, but they put their names in it, not their actual names, but their street occupational names. And I was just kind of like, oh, this is the first time I was watching it and I, I legitimately was like kind of cringing. Not because I would worry about having a daughter and that become their life, but it's just like, damn, like, even like, this is going to sound weird to say. But if I was ever out there looking for a prostitute, I feel like even you would have to have some moral standards of just decency, even when you're partaking in some partaking in some that has a lot of moral indecency behind it. It's like at least get with someone that's relatively of age, like that you know is an adult, someone that's been through the ringer, believe it or not. But then again, maybe the appeal is like, well, compared to someone who's seasoned in it, they haven't had the amount of body count as someone else. But it's still all fucked up. Like, I know that's a weird way of rationalization, but I feel like you could be a decent person and seek out these type of services, but you could still have some moral clausability, you know, unless you're Joel Osteen, who it was, this is going to sound kind of fucked up. But I was actually randomly, I was, you know, I was joking around with the person I was with. And we were joking around about Joel's team for hours, right? And then literally the next day, which was yesterday on Sunday, there was a shooting at his church where essentially this middle-aged woman brought a gun and apparently harmed a five-year-old child or something. But she got gunned down. I don't think anyone else was hurt. And I actually even wrote this down. Because you know what? I couldn't believe like the stuff we were making fun of them is exactly the type of shit how they responded. to. Like this man just had a freaking shooting at his church. And just the way he was on camera. Like it seemed like he didn't. It didn't even like shake him or nothing. Like someone in your church brought a freaking. I think it was a rifle. And legitimately harmed a five-year-old, got gunned down, whole situation. You would think that would be one of those things that would be kind of traumatizing. But I think this dude, he's so, like, into himself and Jesus that this man, his reaction when he's doing this on-camera interview, you know how they do in those news channels, like, 
What do you have to say about this? Uh, his reaction to sh a shooting at his own church is, we're going to pray for the five-year-old. As this man said, we're going to pray. Cool. Um, you going to pay for his bills too? And I hate that it's just like, that's enough. Like, if I was a mega pastor businessman of this scam of a mega church, to be honest, which apparently I didn't even know this. Someone in the comment section, which I don't doubt it, they said that now, like, as part of his, like, services, like, online services, is you pay 30 bucks a month for a subscription to actually get personal prayers from him or something like that or to actually even have a contact with him. like it's like god all this shit's a fucking scam and i get it's frustrating because it's not about attacking a religion it's about attacking some asswipe that's capitalizing on the vulnerability that religion brings to people. And charging money to pray. And something like this happens in your church and you're not even like expound about it. It's like, oh yeah, you know, we're going to pray for the kid. It's like, you know, I don't know, that shit just really like. Fuck this guy. I'll say it. You know, I don't care if he's doing the Lord's work. Because he needs more than doing the Lord's work. There's already a lot of sketchy. Like, I mean, he already exposed himself to when there was the floods in his own city. Where the actual church is. No one. You would not let anyone in there. A fucking church that's supposed to be serving the people. That's people have spent hundreds and thousands of dollars a year into your church. And you have all these private jets. You have this crazy amount. And you can't let people sleep in there for a week. I don't know, man. Fuck that guy. I'll say it. You know, he'll probably put a hex on me. You know, send out all the pastors. You know, them and they're more like in pastors. Um. They're not even impact. They're not even empathetic towards nothing. Everything is just about like we. It's about the Lord's work, you know. Um, <laughs> God, I just fucking, I I just despise that type of shit. And you see, like some that's and this guy, like his facial mannerisms are not even different. Like, his facial, like, if you look at the interviews of him, like, on the local channels, local news channel, go on YouTube, you can find it. And, like, he was not even, like, there wasn't even, like, a heightened sense of urgency or emotion or sadness or anger. He had this, like, half-ass, like, not smile, but just, like, it's just unfortunate. Like, it's almost like if someone came to his church and just, like, you know, had a mental breakdown. And that's all that happened. And he's just like, ah, you know, it's these unfortunate things that happen in life, you know. But one thing we both, one thing we all know is like, God put us through these storms. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> no. 
Like this man is literally worth more than like these W than the whole WNBA combined probably. Um, <laughs> just don't just don't let Michael Porter talk about the WNBA. Um, <laughs> but no, Joel Steam man, him, Carl Lentz to an extent, but he doesn't seem like he's that bad. Um, this Kenneth Copeland's well. We all know a TDJX gets down. Um, <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. Um, it's just, you know, I don't know, man. Like a five-year-old got shot in your church. And you're just like, you use the news opportunity to just say, we're going to pray and all that shit. It's like, it's insane, man. And they're in, and you know what? They're gonna have a service next Sunday too. Probably they're probably, they're not gonna shut down church for a week. No, we gotta keep the business going. When you have to pay to go to a church, that doesn't like ring a bell of something. Like donations should be voluntary. Tides, tits, tizz should be voluntary. Oh man, he's got a. Sweet house, though. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. Well, you know, it just got me thinking. You know, the where you typically get introduced to like the Joel scenes of the world of these paid programming at like three a.m.s on these local channels. You know, in between when they show their last show and when they show like the five a.m. more news is all nothing but like shark vacuum paid programming. OxyClean paid programming, Shazam paid programming, and then all of a sudden it'll be just Joel Steen just speaking to a group. Be like, well, when Messiah went to the Deep Lords, it's because the storms wasn't ready. Um, <laughs> and he has a dumbass fucking smile that just want to make you smack his ass, you know. But yeah, but Jesus Christ. Um, you know what? That's what I want to do, you know. I want to go. I'm going to travel. I'm going to go to Lakewood Church. I think is what it's called. I'm going to just interrupt the service and be like, "What now, bitch?" Um, <laughs> but now these paid programming, man. Um, I just uh, do they actually? They're called pay. I guess the companies actually pay for the programming. Or does the news network actually pay the program for the paid programming? I don't know. But whoever got in the TV and all that stuff, entertainment, doing paid programming has probably got to be a humbling moment to be like, man, this is not what I got into TV for. I'm not talking about the salesman. I'm talking about the people actually producing, doing the behind-the-scenes show. It's like, yep, let's uh do another take of some jewelry. All right, yep, another four-carat diamond ring. That's usually eight hundred ninety-nine dollars, but it's eighty-five percent off today for a low price of one seventy-two. And just imagine being the cameraman, just staring down at these fucking things all day. All right, all right, guys, we got to do another take of the shark vacuum. You know, 
Oh, look at it sucking the rug doctor up. It's like, all right. And it's always some like bullshit kitchen equipment, like the chop slap. It's like, never have to cut an onion again. Pop, pop, chop slap, you know. Ow. God damn, my nose is itchy. I got an itch for the snitch. Ah, so green for the environment. I got the Grinch rolling downhill. Like I am right now. Ooh. My mind is in the abyss. Good damn girl. She got a nice abyss booty. Um. <laughs> oh. She bootylicious. Um. <laughs> Yeah, we have all, you know, it's where we have macaroni and cheese ice cream. We have these wild ass flavors for ice cream. We got weird flavors for yogurt. Here's an idea. Here's an invention for the sex shops out there. Yep, we're getting X-rated in here. I can't remember the last time. Actually, I've never been to one of those shops. Because I'm a child of Joel Osteen. <laughs> uh, we'll have kids get shot, but we will never be seen at one of these sex establishments. Um, and, you know, they have, you know, like, fruit-flavored bikinis or, like, edible panties. For the guys or women that like the taste of, you know... The holy uterus. Why don't we have pussy flavored gum? Um, <laughs> you know, you could get the extra chewy version. You know, if you want it long lasting and savory, be like one nice rotisserie chicken in there. Um, why don't we have like body fluidly flavored gum? You know, for people that are really into that stuff, you know. Have jizz-flavored icebreaker mints, you know? Because there's some people that like the taste of that, you know? Now, you could get the low odor, medium odor, or the very potent odor. Pick your flavor, you know? You like a little extra tang? Here's a little extra sour watermelon to it, you know? You know, make it digestible. Um, <laughs> I'm such a fool. Oh, I pity the fool. Now that would be a gift. For the taking. Yeah. Imagine, you know, there's going to be such an intense service one day. An intense service, I should say, where you can get customly flavored gum and shit. Or very specific. Like, if you're able to get the sit, If you're able to put your jizz in a cup... And then you send it out. Instead of sending it out to, you know, these donor places or somewhere that frees your sperm. You know, you send it out to, you know, Starship. And uh, they have some warehouse and stuff where they take your jizz. They lay it out onto a baking sheet or a gum sheet. And then they make your jizz flavored gum. And, you know, you get a nice party pack. And the funniest part is when you throw a party, people just like, oh no, it's just regular gum. And then they're all, 30 people are just tasting your jizz. Um, <laughs> what the fuck, Clint? Um, <laughs> I 
and then you could tell you know you have a bunch of married couples there and be like yeah and technically you know what you could say is like yeah my jizz has been in your wife's mouth and yours and without context let them believe what they want to believe um (laughs) oh jesus you're gonna be like the genghis khan of jizz gum (laughs) oh this is this is terrible this is an awful, awful idea. Um, <laughs> but, you know, people just be creating the most random-ass companies anyways. We got people out here creating... Uh, you remember those... Uh, not the Lance Armstrong bands, but they're actually... These like rubber uh, wristband things, but the selling point behind it, they would put this nice little visor thing and they were actually balance bracelets. So basically, if you wear this thing, you just feel more balance. It'll uh, level out your neurons and all this scientific bullshit. And it was all proven to be bullshit. And you know what? I used to wear this shit. And you know what's weird? When I had it on, just because I believed of what the marketing was, of what it was, I I felt like I was in more balance, believe it or not. All because of when you connect and believe you can be something, that's the power of what that selling is, you know. It's amazing. I guess you could call it like a placebo bracelet. Um, But that shit, selling the aspect of this will, oh, this will give you more, Energy, this freaking thing that you put around your wrist. This thing will make you feel more balanced. Like, it's, I mean, unless, like, it's actually, like, connecting with your blood cells and all that shit. It's not going to do any of that. But, it's amazing, you know. You could make products that you know are absolute bullshit. Sell it to have something it benefits with people. That make people feel insecure about something. And make them believe that it makes that better. And they will pay for it. That's really all it is. You know. But hey. That is the power of. Capitalizing on what. An obese nation will do. Um, <laughs> uh Oh, yeah, we are doing big things out here, hey? Yeah. I am technically a man of multiple incomes. Uh, You know, by the way, anytime you hear a guy say, yeah, I have three streams of income, what he means is he's got one income that's providing 97% of the money that's going to his bank account. He's got one that's making less than like 70 bucks a week. Which is not nothing, but it's nothing. Um, And he's got another one that he's put money into, but it doesn't seem to be getting back yet. You know, it's one of those where he paid for $1,000 for a a program that's going to make him money months months later. But he's just got to apply it first. But he's already applying it as income before he actually learned how to make it as income. So anytime you hear someone, a guy say he has that many streams of income, 95% of the time, 
it's really one income, and this other income he can't even file taxes on because it doesn't even make enough money. So, unless you can actually file taxes and it's worthwhile, if you're not paying more to file the taxes, if you're paying more to file the taxes on that stream of income than what it brought in, it's not real. It's not a real income, okay? Like. I don't know what's worse. That when someone has five streams of income and they all all streams are not streaming any income, you know? Like, oh, I'm an it's the I'm an artist guy. Yeah, so oh I got a you I got YouTube AdSense. Oh, I got Spotify streams. Oh, I've got a uh I got a deal brand with this. And his deal brand is like three hundred a month. He makes forty two dollars a month on streams. He makes you know a hundred and twenty on YouTube ad revenue, and then a couple other streams of income illegally doing something. He's got an OnlyFans. He's got a you know pimps out his hoes, and all in all, he makes a whole nine hundred bucks a month after all that. But hey, he has five streams of income, so it sounds good. Damn, girl, you just got to wait on my potential. You just don't understand it yet. You don't see the vision. It's like, no, I don't. I don't see the vision. I'm sorry. Um, I envision you being broke in two weeks. Um, (laughs) That's the vision. Like one of those Apple iPro vision goggles. Um, (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Um... Who needs David Goggins when you got David Goggles? Alright, that was not good at all. But hey. Oh. But yeah, you know, it actually reminds me. Uh, there's this thing with uh, one, Morgan Wallen. It was actually like the end of January. He had, he dropped like a small EP album, or like, there was a deal he did like almost a decade ago with a record company, where like an EP, like before he got big, before he did like his first albums and stuff that, you know, shot through, you know, did like small EPs and stuff, and, you know, in his mind, like they weren't really that good or whatever, and they never went out, but now that he's one of the biggest artists on the planet, the biggest country artists and all this stuff, now that technically they still own these songs that he did, they're putting out, they basically put out an album or put out a record that they technically have legal rights to put out there. But a common sense would be like, this doesn't make any sense to put out there. You don't, you haven't put out any of his music in years. <laughs> He doesn't work, but they own the specific music that he did for them when he was part of their label. And he made, you know, a big post about it. I think it was YouTube or Instagram or whatever. Basically saying, they're basically doing shit against my will. This is how the industry works. You sign a deal when you're young. They own music. Music is not that good in his opinion, or music, that they're really just capitalizing on his name to make some money. I think that's the biggest thing is they're using his fame and his money where he's at now to 
make money off of him when he's not even a part of their business operation anymore. And he basically like redid some of the songs into a more stripped down version. So it's that version that's his. He basically did like a Taylor Swift shit, right? Not to bring anything back to Taylor Swift where the whole Scooter Braun thing where they basically, she didn't own her music. And so then when she basically owned her music, once she basically redid all the songs in her own version to make them different enough. So they are new music under her new label, under her ownership, or now the version that she did, she's actually making money off of it. And Morgan Wall is kind of, I guess, in a similar situation. And I guess it's just kind of a misnomer. Not a misnomer, but it's kind of like a, hey, they're not going to get you when they're getting you off the ground or when they sell you that they're going to do X, Y, and Z. Like, when they're going to get you is when things are all going great for you and then they capitalize on it, on something you did or didn't do. And that's when they're going to take advantage of you. It's that delayed gratification. But I don't know what these labels thought. That like, oh, like when it's going to hurt your reputation when everyone sees what fucked up you're doing. And all people really, if they're really fans and they really like the artist, they will just boycott the version that is you, your label version. And they're just not going to listen to that and they're going to listen to his when he does his version. So it's actually bad marketing on there. And, um, but it's a skimmy business. Speaking of skim, more like Kim. Um, apparently her and Odell Beckham are getting serious. Yes, the mother of the 40-year-old mother of four is getting serious with Odell Getting blown by Bieber Beckham. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's true. I wasn't there. But the cameraman was confused too. Um, <laughs> um, but. Now nah, you know. Um, it just seems. You know honestly. I think the appeal of Odell's not really that big anymore. Like he's still actually a pretty good football player, but the fame and everything attached to what made Odell Odell, like during the prime peak, was the performance, the showmanship, the being the center of attention, and then capitalizing and actually uh, following through with his like play matching with the drama attached to him. I don't think he hasn't had a thousand yard season since he has left New York, I believe. He may have accidentally had one in Cleveland, but barely. But he's been mostly injured. Not really like, you know. He's been good, but not great. He's been mostly hurt. He's played well at times, shown flash, but. And is the definition of just like, damn, man, like, it kind of looks sad on his part. Because, you know, like, there's. He's not even like at the peak of his powers to where, like, a Kim Kardashian would be like, oh, this man, like, striking while the iron's high. It's not like Kanye when he's, like, you know, still doing his best shit. It's like a rundown 
he is at the Chris Humphreys of the NFL career. Like, she typically likes being with athletes, which is weird. She likes being with athletes that are kind of like near the back end. Where, I guess, Kylie, you know, Devin Booker and uh, whoever the other guy was. But, you know, it just seems like uh, she has a type. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. But it just kind of seemed odd. It was random as fuck. I had no idea of it. And maybe it's a way to keep him in the headlines. Maybe being in the headlines is what keeps his NFL career relevant enough, you know. Um, I don't know. Who's your daddy? More like, gladly. <laughs> Zaddy, madly in love with the Hattie. I will say this, though, you know. You know, um, I would be scared to be a girl out here these days. Because, you know, not to get like, oh... I, I, you know, I, I don't really like listening to stuff to talk about, oh, men are creepier than ever. Men are less of this than ever. Like, I don't really like listening to that stuff, but like when you actually like, it seems like by the month, it feels like dudes in public are getting weirder and weirder for how they interact. Like I had this interaction. Um, it was like two weeks ago. At the gym. I remember it was like a Sunday or a Saturday. It was a weekend day. You know. There's not many people in the gym. So you typically have a much more looser operation. For how you can operate. You know. You don't have to. Like. Be mindful. But like you know. But it's weird. Like there's always. Once in a while. You'll come across a weird guy. That you haven't seen there before. And you tell they're just like. Uberly like. Anxious. They're like. High tempo. For no reason. And you tell, like, they didn't really, like, they don't really have an idea of what they want to do while they're there. They're just there to do X, Y, and Z, which is fine. But it's, like, you'll be doing an exercise. Like, I was doing the cable area, right? And there's no one. He just walks in. He's doing this bullshit hip stretches or whatever. And then he's, like, while I'm grabbing these things, you know, I, I'm doing a decent amount of weight on it. While I'm grabbing these things with my earbuds in, this man, like, comes, like, three feet away from me. He's like, how many sets you got? I'm like, you can't wait till after. Like, I already did. I'm already, like, two reps in. You can't wait till after I put the things up. And it's like, I don't mind people asking how many sets I One, you don't ask someone in the middle of while they're in the middle of focusing. Two... You don't, like, just get up in my space and be weird about it and be anxious and make it feel like I've been there for 20 minutes. Like, I've been there for, like, three minutes. You just walked in. And you could easily use a different area to do what he was about to do anyways. But he did it in such a way that was, like, you're just like, I don't want to deal with this. You could just have the area after I'm done with this. I was like. I was like, what? He's like, how many sets you got? And I'm like, I got, I just got one more. I really had like a couple more. But he, it was like one of those things where it's like, it was so, uh, 
weird approach of how he did it, it made me just be like, I don't want to even deal with this guy staring at me. Because he's one of those, like, when you're doing your sets, he is watching your every rep to see, like, if you're going to lie about if you have one set left. Because if you would start a second set when you say you have one, he'd be like, I thought you said you one. Like, he would be one of those motherfuckers. And then, so, I was done with it. I wiped it down like, hey, you're good. I went to go do something completely different on the other side of the gym. A machine. This, this man has a whole gym. There's a lot of different things you could do at this gym. I use this machine. I'm two sets in. He goes over there and he's like, how many sets you got? And I'm like, this motherfucker. I swear to God, man. <laughs> I was like, you can literally use. I was like, well, I've got like two sets left. but And I gave a recommendation. recommendation and this is probably where he probably took it type of way. I was like, well, I had two sets left. But to be honest, this exercise, you can use those two long pull machines. of Those two long pull things, cables. And you just use that, and it's basically the same thing. He's like, oh, yeah, I know, but I just want to use this one. I'm like, well, it's called either fucking weight or, you know, adjust. Um, But he would be the type of guy that in an environment with a woman would make them feel, like, pressured and pushy. And I was like, this is the type of guy that if I was a girl, I would feel uncomfortable around even if this guy wasn't trying to get with me. Or trying to say anything weird just because this guy's like energy. Um, but yeah, man, like the overly anxious, weird guy, always wearing a Bass Pro Shop hat, and he just staring at you to see if you're lying about how many sets you have. Yeah, it reminds me of those videos of the guy, like this dude at Planet Fitness who, uh, he was he was doing an exercise and this guy comes over there and says, oh I was using that and the dude's like you literally just walked into the gym you weren't using it. he's like well I'm bigger than you so and he's like the fuck um which he was technically bigger than him but he actually wasn't stronger than him believe it or not just cause you're big don't mean you got a strong dick hold but yeah I don't know. My battery's about to die because I got to reformat this shit. But yeah, that was episode 263 of the Offbeat Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe to the notification of most important ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to suck some titties. Ooh, that was a rough one. But it made it a little less rough when I took some magic mind. Guys, go try it. In description, show support. Get the brother paid and laid.